Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. Today, we will be chatting with Jamie Bent from North Dakota. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion rehabilitation, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health rehabilitation in Minnesota. They've greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, a raising, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. For those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Advisory Council through the Brain Injury Association of America. And I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me and the podcasts at facesoftbi.com. Today, our guest is Jamie Benz. She is the mother to Brayden, and Brayden is a gifted child who is diligent about wearing a helmet on the family's ATV, and Jamie was unaware of the dangers lurking on her son's soccer field. She hopes to educate parents, coaches, and referees about the dangers of head injury on and off the field and how a helmet doesn't necessarily protect the brain from a concussion. So welcome to the show, Jamie. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be with you today. So, Jamie, um, I want you to give our listeners a little background (laughs) about you and your family. Um, You live in North Dakota, and I know when – um, we were communicating earlier. You said, you know, how you guys have ATVs, and Braden's very diligent mm-hmm. about wearing his helmet when he's on the ATV. Um, and, you know, the last place you expected him to get hurt was the soccer field. So um, right. give us a little background on that, and um, then we can start talking more about his injury. Sure, sure. We live, um, yes, in Bismarck, North Dakota, and we have 40 acres um, with some horses, um, and our kids know from little on they were kind of overprotective parents, so we made sure to always have helmets on when they rode bike, when they rode ATV, when they ride horse, anything, not knowing um, putting him out on the soccer field would ever cause um, something this severe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And how long has he played soccer? He actually, I had him play probably at age four or five and then pulled him out. It just got so busy with the other kids that we have and their activities and then started back up in eighth grade and played the midfield position for a small private school here in Bismarck um, and actually did really good. He was playing JV and varsity um, in that position. He's quite fast, so I think that position you know, you get a realm of everything. 
and now he is a sophomore in high school. Is that correct? Yep, he's a sophomore in high school. He's a very, when you say um, gifted child, he his main niche is music. He plays every instrument, I swear, that he can just listen to the radio and sit down and play the song, whether it's piano, drums, um, guitar, accordion, and um so that's more his niche, but he also does basketball and soccer at school for these last few years. That's awesome. So uh, how long ago, I think it was quite recent, that he had his soccer injury? Um, why don't you tell us a little yeah. bit about what happened? Sure. Um, it was actually the first game of the season this last fall, so August twenty third, 2016, um, went and played locally against another local school. And while he was playing, it was um, the last probably 15, 20 minutes of the game he was in, he took a blow from the ball to the left side of his head, which threw the right side of his head into an opponent player. And then since there was 15, 20 minutes left, he continued playing. No one, um, the coach didn't see the impact of the hit, neither did us as parents sitting up in the bleachers, I guess. Um, the, the referee did see it and went up to Braden and said, you need to make sure you get out of the game. But Braden looked at the bench, and there were no subs at all on the bench for such a small school, and looked at the time and said, 15, 20 minutes, I got this. He's a very driven individual. He always works to succeed, doesn't want to disappoint anyone. And I think most kids, most athletes would probably have done the same if they're not told to be evaluated to get off the field. So he continued playing knowing that his vision was changing during those last 15 minutes, headache, and just wasn't stable at all out there. You know, and I think that's so common, especially with kids, but athletes, you know, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm fine, I can shake it off, I'll shake it off. Um, you know, right. and not really knowing the danger of what's actually happening to them. Um, so what happened then when the game was over? Were you aware at so, that point that he was having no, problems? So or how did that all transpire? When the game was over, we had left, my husband and I left to go home, still not knowing, and then he drove home. And his drive home he still says to this day, he just Braden remembers did. it just so, right, Braden drove home himself and did not feel, so he just didn't feel right. And got home that night and said, <clears throat> excuse me, did you see the awful hit that I took? And my husband and I were like, no. So he started explaining how the injury kind of happened and went to bed right away had a headache and whatnot so we right away assumed concussion the next day in school Mm -hmm. sports med went and tested him and called me and said this is definitely a minor concussion um he'll have to stay out of soccer most concussions are what two days to two weeks and as soon as you start seeing him get better if you go back to an md they have to release him before we put him back in the game So I guess we didn't go in right away to any doctor. We just thought, well, obviously if it's not a a long-lived, I've never dealt with a concussion, you know, like this. Um, So we just kind of waited it out. And each day as the days and weeks progressed, 
he continually got worse. So um, at one point in school, he actually was collapsing in the cafeteria. He was still going along with the soccer team on a bus to different games out, you know, outside of our city and traveling with them, and he was collapsing on the bus. So I kept getting calls oh, either wow. school or bus. And I, I had started taking him in. The first call I got, I took him into a walk-in clinic here. And they said, well, he never did take a break. He kept going to school from the start. He kept staying in band. And so things were kind of catching up to him. His face, um, cheeks, neck, and palms were going numb. So I took him in right away as soon as I heard that and demanded, do an MRI. Something's not right. MRI came back fine. So they did take him out of band um, just because of thinking he was being overstimulated. Um, And then things just kind of kept progressing. He started throwing up, being very nauseated, um, and feeling like he's in that fog that you always hear from traumatic brain injuries, but couldn't really explain everything how he was feeling. Still trying to do all his homework, um, all his studies, and just get through each day. So finally, I decided, you know what, I want to go somewhere that has a concussion specialty, so to say, and I had heard from some friends here, if you travel to the cities, Children's Hospital has a specific concussion unit, so you'd be in good hands there. So I just self-referred to go there. And we, at that first appointment, would have never guessed he was as severe as he was until they started doing all the testing, and then we came home with literally pages of restrictions for school. He couldn't be in the cafeteria. He couldn't be in the hallways. He had to be dismissed early. No no going to any games, prep rallies, anything like that because it was overstimulating him, causing all his symptoms to increase. So the main symptoms were that he, and still to this day, is dizzy every day. So on a scale of 1 to 10, he was always at a 3-4 for dizziness, and headaches would come and go with any concentration, especially the high cognitive classes like biology, algebra 2. Those things were very hard to even get through. So when we left Children's Hospital that first appointment coming home, they said he should not be driving, even though he had previously been driving, um, and then you know, all those other restrictions of the cafeteria, no halls, no games, all that kind of things. And then we did end up uh, meeting with the school, putting him on a 504 plan to try to reduce some of his workload, which he was not happy with because he's, again, out there to succeed, very driven and wanted to do what a normal kid could do, but knowing it was causing all these extra symptoms. Um So even with the 504 plan to this day, he is still maintaining all A's, which surprises me because he just puts everything into anything he does. Yep. But he does come home quite exhausted and um, at the beginning had to lay down a lot. Right. Where now if he's in a classroom um, and he gets the extreme headache from high cognitive thinking, He knows he can dismiss himself. We have it set up with the school and go lay down in a quiet room, dark room, and bring his symptoms down. So he's been doing that for the last, this is going on six months now, actually. 
um, that we've been working with the school to have those different kind of accommodations for him. But it's been really hard as, well, as a parent and also just watching the staff at the school, they forget a lot that he has this injury to the brain because you don't wear a cast. So nothing stands out. He talks normal and he acts normal. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to stop you there because this is a huge point. It's like, you know, it sounds like the school has been wonderful with with his accommodations. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's so easy for those teachers to just kind of forget because he he is, he's getting A's, he seems normal, he seems fine. Can you touch on, like, how have his friends been with this? Um, you know what? I can honestly say, since he can't go to the cafeteria, um, he is dismissed early to go get his food, and then he goes to a separate classroom to eat, so it's quiet. And this group mm-hmm. of friends that have been with him probably since third grade playing basketball, traveling basketball, and soccer friends all take turns. They just started this on their own to take turns to go with him when they're dismissed for lunch. Some of them rotate different days to go sit in this classroom to, to just visit with him, which has been a huge blessing Aww, for our awesome. family, knowing he's not sitting alone. But it is really yeah, hard on the flip side of it because, yeah, he can't go to the games. And, you know, at the beginning, his buddies were inviting him a lot more to come hang out, come do this or that. And over Halloween, hey, let's all get together and do this. And he's included in all those texts and snaps messages that they do to each other. But um, he just can't. He knows he'll become very symptomatic. So that part of his life has totally changed. They've been great, though, very supportive during the school events and even the parents of those boys have been very supportive, always sending notes that they're praying for us. And um, our family is based a lot on our faith as well as this private school, the Catholic school that we go to. So I think without our faith, we would have crumbled, but we just stayed that much stronger knowing that he's part of every prayer group going on in the school system within each home, and we're going to get through it. You know, and I'm glad to hear that you were referred to the Children's Concussion Clinic because I've heard really great things about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they really get it where, you know, like when you went to your first, I think you said you went to the walk-in clinic, and even that first doctor or whoever it was said, you know, two days, two weeks. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, that's what frustrates me is like how are doctors just not understanding this yet? <laughs> like right. when you give someone right. and I, I and you know it is you know I do think a lot of children do rebound from minor concussions quickly however mm-hmm. not all of them you know like, like right. it's presented as a minor concussion but here he is six months later and he's still struggling and that's what's frustrating to me is doctors give these expectations oh you know he should be better in two weeks and then you really mm-hmm. start to question, like, what the heck is wrong? Why isn't he getting better? Um, and the reality is it just it can take a lot of time to recover, um, especially, right. you know, in his case, he wasn't restricting his stimulation and all of that. Um, 
Yeah. So it's it's people like you sharing your story that help other parents understand, you know, what what is happening. Right. They said he has the hardest personality to have a concussion. The school president said that. The doctors say that. And Children's Hospital did refer us on for, like, back home, we were doing vestibular therapy with the PT gal, as well as um, vision therapy. And then I started seeing the local chiropractor here that does chironeurology. And they became to a point, I feel like, that they just didn't know what else to do for us. So then they said maybe our PT gal said maybe you should go on back to the cities and do some vestibular testing through the National Disease Imbalance Center. Well, when we got those results, it showed that it's central vestibular. It could be 18 months. It could be longer. It could even be a lifetime that you have this. They didn't actually say lifetime, but they came out saying that stories of other people that have this and you just got to have patience. You don't know how long it'll be. Well, I came back to our local chiropractor and he could just see my heart was just oh, so, so saddened, of course, because we would do anything for Brayden. And we just kept praying and he called me back into his office and that's when he said, I think I need to refer you to Dr. Schnoll, which is part of the Minnesota functional neurology and I had never even heard of functional neurology prior to this so I'm like I'm willing to try anything and everything literally (laughs) but we did Uh go back there um, last week we were just there for the whole week intensive um, testing and therapy and him and Brayden Dr. Schnoll and Brayden hit it off like Dr. Schnoll is almost like a brother in that week to Brayden and what he tested and found was, of course, upward beating nystagmus, which were the eyes, eye, um, the eyes kind of beat upward like a heartbeat almost. So that's part mm-hmm. of his balance issues. And by the time when we started there, his heart or his upward beating nystagmus was at a 10. It would be 10 times. I don't know if that's like every so many seconds or I'm not quite sure, but by the time we left, it was down to a two and three. So he did phenomenal results for Brayden. And every day we were there like three times a day in between where we were staying was quite a drive. And I'm not used to the city. So I would just drive up about (laughs) two, three blocks to this church, um, Our Lady of Peace, I think it was called. And Brayden would lay down in the back of the suburban and take a rest. And I would go in and pray, saying, come on, God, just show me what, you know, if we're, if we're doing the right thing with this guy. And literally things every day, things just started moving. And Braden could never, ever keep his balance when he'd close his eyes. It would always be the PT gal and me on each side of him, and he would fall into one or the other of us after two seconds. And Dr. Schnoe did see that when he tested him, how he was, struggling and would get so you could just see his facial expression so upset that how come I can't keep this balance and by the time we came home after that first week he now can close his eyes and he could stand oh my gosh he probably could stand even longer than 30 seconds I'm sure that he doesn't hardly even have a sway to him so that just brought tears to my eyes as well as my husband knowing well we obviously are with the right guy doing the right thing right now for him 
Yeah. And you know, Dr. Schmo helped me so much. I had I had been you know, fortunately Braden was only six months out. I was two and a half years out when I found Doctor Schmo and um, um you know, I had been dismissed by so many doctors. Like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. this is probably the best you'll ever be. Oh, maybe it's all in your head. I think this might be psychological. The busy imbalance clinic told oh. me it was vertigo. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. I know it's not. It's my eyes. I know it is. Because um, you're just in tune right. with your body. And Jeremy did his exam. And, like, within minutes of being there, he was like, yeah, it's your eyes. <laughs> it was just like. Oh, wow. Yes. Somebody gets it. And, you know, similar to what Brayden had going on, you know, my eyes weren't tracking together. Um, I would have those involuntary eye movements. And that's what was making me dizzy. And um, I just never felt like I had balance. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. within, like, two weeks of working with him, I had huge improvements um, you know, I'm still not 100%, but holy cow, like, once you get that balance and dizziness under control, it frees yes. up energy to do other things, yes. and that's what was so powerful for me. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I know just... Dr. Schmo had, he had said one side of Brayden's brain was firing way too much compared to the other side, and so we were really working the left side where Brayden got hit stimulating different things in the cerebellum, he had said, and just literally amazing. By the time, Brayden had always said when people would ask, how are you doing, he's a very humble kid, and he will never complain. He doesn't even complain to me and my husband. I always had to drill it out of him. Hey, how were were your symptoms today? How are you feeling? And even then, he wouldn't want to tell me, but I could see it in him, and he'd always say, his famous saying was always, my heart is good and God's going to heal my brain. Don't worry, Mom. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, when we got out of snow, he said, see, I told you, he's going to heal me. And um, him and Dr. Snow developed such a relationship that Brayden actually started talking about, maybe this is something I would like to go into someday is functional neurology. So he started having Mm -hmm. that conversation with Jeremy saying, what would you suggest going into first and then continuing on? So who knows if that was the main purpose. There's always a reason why things happen. That's amazing. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's such a challenge. I can't imagine as a parent of a teen, you know, I, I went through this myself as an adult, and I didn't have an advocate for me. You know, I didn't have anyone mm-hmm. helping me navigate the system. And I can't imagine what it's like as a parent to a teenager because teenagers are very, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's just, you know, they don't know any better, you know. And right. as a parent, like you said, you have to drag it out of him. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, parents, you know your kids. You, you you can right. look at them and tell, like, this isn't normal. Like, you know, whether he keeps bumping into a wall or he keeps asking the same question, you know, like, you, you can pick up on those nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just can't you imagine just how frustrating them. it is. Oh, 
it's the hardest thing as a parent. I said I would give anything to take his place because you could just see the suffering that he was going through internally, you know. So it was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want my kid to suffer when everything in a split second was changed for his life. All from playing soccer. Right, right. Yeah. But we are trying and I, to you know, educate. Like, go on. We are trying. Oh, we are trying to. Braden's whole purpose now is trying to educate. So he's been talking at school. He wants to go around in the fall when all fall sports roll out. Hopefully, he's doing a ten times better than that. Even as we work with Dr. Schnoll to be able to educate his peers, to tell them it's not worth to continuing playing. Even though you think you're doing it for the teammates, you don't really know what you as an individual have to go through if you get a concussion this severe. And then me as a parent to educate coaches, other parents, refs, I was one of those parents that just signed off on a concussion form and didn't think twice because I thought it won't happen to my kids. Yep. Yep. And, you know, it's it's hard. Kids want to play sports. They want to be involved in sports. It's the cool thing to do, um, you mm-hmm. know, and it's hard. Like like you said, one instant, just it was a second, you know, that ball hit his head and hit, then hit another head with his head. And it just happens that fast. And, you know, this mm-hmm. could drastically alter his life. Like, you know, 10 years from now, maybe he hits his head on something, you know, and how will that previous concussion impact that later concussion? I think that's the biggest danger right. is those repetitive hits. And right. I think, you know, parents and kids need to have bigger discussions about playing sports. Um, and, you know, maybe there's other activities they can get involved in uh, you know, because I do think that there is a benefit to being involved in a team. Um, you know, mm-hmm. team building skills and, and leadership skills are developed by playing sports. But I think you can find those skills in other activities at school as well. You know, even band, like you were saying, he's involved with, you know, all of his music. Um, right. But I just, I think there needs to be a bigger discussion with parents and kids about sports. I I really didn't play sports. I played volleyball and basketball. I dabbled in it, <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. I did yes, it at yeah. the high school level. So you know, I, yeah. I really I, can't even like talk about talk to yeah. that fact. Um. <laughs> That's kind of going to be our mission, um, and he's the one really pushing it. He's been interviewed locally by KFYR here. And then he's doing a statewide ad for North Dakota on the, he's kind of a poster child for athletes with traumatic brain injury. And now, yep, the more we can just get out there in front of everyone during sports before kids start sports every fall and spring and really educate around the community um, is kind of our goal, I guess. That's awesome. And you know, kudos to you guys. I just, it's such an important topic. It's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm doing everything mm-hmm. I can do for advocacy. And, you know, having, you know, teens listen to other teens. 
right? Like a teen might not right. listen to me, but a teen's going to listen to another teen. It's more powerful. Right. So I'm just so glad to hear that you guys are doing that. Um, Jamie, we have just a minute left. Um, you know, thank you so much for being here and sharing your guys' story. And I just, yes. I wish you and Brayden and your family just continued recovery and success with your advocacy efforts. Well, thank you for having us, Amy. Just we are really glad to hear you're doing better and that you're getting the word out too. So, absolutely. So, thank you so much for being here, Jamie, and give my best to Brayden. I will. I will, Amy. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. And you can always find past episodes and any upcoming topics at facesoftbi.com and click on the podcast series link at the top. So thank you again, Jamie, for being here. And thanks to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain rehabilitation in Minnesota. You can find them at mnfunctionalneurology.com. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will see you all again next time. Have a great day, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.